you gotta stop cursing prior in these like beginning segments so because i gotta use stuff and then you say good things and then you just bleep it i got to bleep it out or i can't use it at all well now you can use this me explaining this to you yeah okay <laughs> and we dribble it yeah yeah and we dribble it yeah yeah and we dribble it yeah we put some shots up and we dribble it for ball we know episode 23 jordan health- number yeah uh lebron it's healthy nate <laughs> and i guess i'm healthy too a hop yeah i don't sound like poop anymore mm, debatable well okay i sound happier and more audible i guess even though I'm, all right i'll take that i still mumble i don't know anyways hi i'm a, i'm alive <laughs> I don't think anyone was worried whether or not you were alive. Uh, well, I felt like death last episode. But hey, I'm back. Last Full night strength. took an L, but tonight I bounced back. Woo! So we'll just jump right into it. We're going to do the same thing we did last week. We're going to shout out for the kicks of the week. And this week, for football, we know the kicks of the week go to John Wall. He was rocking some Adidas crazy BYW times PE, which I know the PE stands for player edition. I'm just not sure what the BYW stands for. So you didn't look? I, I, I did not. I feel like it stands for. Uh... Oh, wait, no, that's a different company. I was thinking of the Off White, but that's like a different company. And it's definitely OF, not BYW. It stands for Boost You Wear. Ah. It's like Adidas Boost you wear. Gotcha. The, the, the Boost you wear player edition. Here you go. I See, I knew the player edition part. You learn Anyways, something new every day. For those of you that don't really care about shoes, I'll just describe them to you because you're not going to look. So there they were some sick green, like lime green with oh, yeah. small lettering that says, who do you do it for? And then big lettering in red that says the DC family. So I think that's kind of dope. Uh, it is sick. Yeah, so that link will be in the episode description if you want to see what, what John was wearing the other night. But that's just another, that's another example of just like colors that aren't even close to your team's colors, but they're just cool shoes. So It's a fit though. Yeah, it's cool. So yeah, so shout out to the NBA for allowing this because we're having fun with it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm also here. Hi, for ball we know. <laughs> Moving on, uh, in actual NBA news, Steph Curry. Yeah. I don't like him, but dude's on one right now. He's looking like pre-KD Steph. He did have a great game last night, I will say that. And by the way, we were recording this on Thursday, October 25th. Got that in there real quick. So last night was Wednesday, October 24th. Since you won't hear from us before... Again, you won't hear from us again until then. Happy Halloween. Yeah. I'll throw that out there. Cool. In any event, as I was saying, Steph Curry, you said he had one good game. I'm saying he's had several. As this stat suggests that Steph has more three-pointers so far in the season than do four teams. Those are the Thunder, the Cavaliers, the Clippers, and the Pelicans. 
Well, to be fair, he had 11 last night. That's going to help that a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. And you're just going to write off he had 11 last night is that's why. He made 11 threes. That proves the point. No, I'm just saying before that game, I don't think that was a stat. And then he just like went off last night and then it became a yeah, stat. Yeah, and know then what he I mean? made more threes in one game than any of those teams have made in one game. That's still important. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to mention that with those 11 threes, he scored them all and his 51 points in three quarters. And they were just up so much on the poor wizards that they took him out in the fourth quarter and he couldn't stay in to break the record. Cause he definitely would have broke the single game record for threes, which is 12, which well, was set you know, by Kobe Bryant. And then Steph tied it last year. Kobe. Steph tied it a couple years ago. So the thing that kind of kills me about this is now suddenly people are thinking that Steph's an MVP candidate. I would just like to remind everyone that nothing has changed (laughs) and there's still way too many great players on that team for any of them to be a legitimate MVP candidate. So we can go ahead and forget that is even an option right now. And we can continue watching LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who are all absolutely hooping. And one of those three is going to win it. I guess he did have a good game against the Suns, but that's kind of like an asterisk because they're asterisks because they're the Suns. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but he did in their loss to the Nuggets. He had thirty-six and four, so that's a pretty good game. If he's averaging, you know, above thirty the whole season, I mean, he'll definitely win the MVP. But he hasn't been doing that. Where has he? I don't think that means he'll definitely win the MVP either. Anthony Davis and Giannis are both going to approach well, 30. He'll have a good shot at it. That's he'll be in the, in the discussion. He'd, he'd have to be upper 30s with some assists. I don't know that upper 30s is the thing. Like, not averaging upper 30s, obviously. that's a, That would be unreal. But, like, having a bunch of games in the upper 30s just because okay. he, he needs to stand out more. And he yeah. should have a bunch of assists because all the guys on his team don't miss. So because no all excuse. you have to do is pass it and say shoot, and someone yeah. make some shots. So yeah. there's no there's no excuse for him to not. KD, there's only two guys on you. Get me an assist. Yeah, shoot over him because you're tall. But he should definitely be averaging assists. I think the bar for him is a little higher to get MVP. Kind of like KD was saying. He's not going to win MVP. No, it's like if he wanted to, though. You know what I mean? Like he'd have to be outscoring and pass assisting the other guys and then some just because of the I understand you're on. saying what he would have to do but he's not going to win I I agree with you I'm just making <laughs> I'm just making a podcast right. Jeez. let's move on <laughs> God, I guess I can't talk anymore anyways uh yeah LeBron and the Lakers opening night they lost to the Blazers which was a pretty entertaining game in itself um, fun facts. Well, not so fun for LeBron, but he's lost each of his first games with his new teams, Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, again, and LA. He's lost his first game with all those teams, but he's been pretty successful. So that stats kind of just neato, I guess. Doesn't really mean I much. Mean, Miami started nine and eight his first year there. Yeah. So. Yeah. They, they started rough and then they lost the Mavs in the finals. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It was bad. some more losing on the week for the, the Lakers. They fell to the Spurs in overtime with LeBron shooting a clutch three to send them to overtime. 
but I mentioned that because in OT, he was not clutch and he missed two free throws that could have potentially like 90% iced the game. That was rough. That <laughs> yeah. was rough. That was hard to watch. It's like, oh, man, it's not like he, even, he bricked them either. They kind of just rattled out. I think it was just kind of unlucky. <laughs> they both did like the same thing, but that's the way of the road, you know? Yeah, but I was thinking about this game <laughs> uh, that, you know, if Rondo, Rondo and Ingram were playing, maybe they don't need OT. Never know. That's very plausible. But because the Suns are bad, the Lakers did end up getting their first win last night against the Suns. <laughs> and a blowout, as one would expect. So there's that. And I called that, too. I was just like, yeah, they're playing the Suns. They're going to win. I didn't really even bother watching the game because I knew it was going to be a blowout. <laughs> that's that's kind of harsh. Yeah, well, I was right. But the sad news from that game, our first real NBA injury of the season happened. Devin Booker pulled his hammy. You hate to see it. You do. That's a bummer. That's a bitch of an injury, too. I hate that. I mean, you got to feel like, though, all things considered, that's something you can come back from and you know you can be the same player. Yeah, Kawhi was out pretty long with a pulled hammy all season. <laughs> but it doesn't have that same career-altering kind of ground. No, I know. It. I'm curious, though, how bad it is and how long he'll be out. I don't know if anything came out today. Let's see. Let me look real quick while you talk about the next thing. Oh, I'm going to talk about the next thing? I don't know. What is the next thing? Um, well, we mentioned the Lakers, so I was going to talk a little bit about this uh, fiasco with Houston. He's day-to-day, so that's not bad. No, not bad at all. Go ahead. You start. I'll have to chime in. I. It sounds like you saw this happen. I didn't see this happen live. Oh, yeah. I was watching it, so you want me to go ahead then? Please. You're going to okay. have more info. I see what you're saying. All right. So I don't even remember what night this was. Tuesday night. Sounds right. Monday night, maybe. I think it might've been Monday night. Uh, the Rockets were playing the Lakers at the Lake. No, it was Saturday night because it was the Lakers first home game. <laughs> it was Saturday night. You're right. Yeah. So Rockets, Lakers at Lakers. Um, it was a good game for the most part. The Rockets took the W one twenty four, one fifteen. But the real story was the rumble that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, this was, I think it was either late third or early fourth quarter. And Brandon Ingram fouled James Harden. And James Harden made a layup. And the refs were kind of deferring to see, like, oh, you know, was it in the act of shooting? Is it going to count? And James Harden's going up to the ref, like, yeah, it counts, it counts. And Brandon Ingram just comes up behind him and just shoves him for no reason. <laughs> like, he wasn't in his way or anything. He just kind of went out of his way to shove James Harden. And I was like, all right, I guess that's one thing you can do. <laughs> I'm hard-pressed to believe that it was just nothing. It's there honestly, had to be some you, kind of... No, if you watch the video, like, James Harden doesn't say anything to him at all. He's turning around talking to the refs, and Brandon Ingram just walks out from behind, like, the basketball stanchion where he, like, ran after the foul and just shoves James Harden for no reason. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, thankfully, James Harden was smart and just didn't, like, w- punch him in the face, you know, 
he, like obviously that could have happened because the guy just shoved you for no reason you know <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah <clears throat> so i was a little confused by this initially i was like uh okay but during this whole thing where brandon ingram's getting a technical and you know they're they're all talking and stuff chris paul and rondo start talking this is kind of on the side of the camera and a little bit off camera because no one's expecting them to like get into anything um so chris paul claims that rondo spat on him and so you see in the video that he sticks his finger like basically in his eye in rondo's eye (laughs) yeah yeah and so rondo obviously pissed off by this act just lands a left hook right on paul's chin it was pretty great because i that's no joke either that wasn't one of those little like oh i'm gonna hit you he that's a hook no he yeah he punched he connected with that thing too (laughs) he punched him punched him like it wasn't just like a little slap or like an nba push he like wound up and like dude looked like he fought before anyway maybe I wouldn't be surprised if Rondo's been in some fights. Chris Paul, on the other hand, was a little more flaily with his punches. <laughs> and yeah, yeah was, that also checks out. And, uh, Rondo was a little more, you know, Floyd Mayweather in there. Just, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, during, but during this whole thing, you know, guys are trying to break it up and stuff. And as this happens, Brandon Ingram just comes in with a Superman punch. <laughs> Out of nowhere. It's a pretty weak Superman punch, though. Yeah, I don't think he connected on anybody. Like, no, with it. not really. I, I think his, like, armpit hit someone back of someone's head. But that was about <laughs> it. Like, he didn't actually hurt anybody. But anyways, this whole fight was pretty epic to watch. I was like, cool, first home game. Welcome back, Lakers. Yeah, for all. Um, so Brandon Ingram gets four-game suspension for starting everything for no reason. And then also Superman punch. Rondo, <laughs> Rondo gets three games because he landed a dope punch. And CP3 gets two games for sticking his finger in his eye, essentially. Yeah, but, uh, and, you know, you think it would end there, but in typical NBA fashion, it does not end there. <laughs> the drama continues. Of course. So the next day... Um, I think Rondo was interviewed about the fight or something, and he had this. That's correct. And he had this to say about Chris Paul: Everyone wants to believe Chris Paul is a good guy. They don't know he's a horrible teammate. They don't know how he treats people. Look at what he did last year when he was in LA, trying to get to the Clippers locker room. They don't want to believe he's capable of taunting and igniting an incident. So to me, this is spot on because I've been complaining about Chris Paul for i don't know ever (laughs) i think he's one of the most annoying dudes in the league he gets away with like petty fouls and then when he actually gets called for the fouls he like throws a temper tantrum at the ref but he never gets a tech so i don't know that's like my biggest like thing i hate about chris paul is just how much he complains and uh, yeah so I can 100% see this being like Chris Paul because on the court, he seems like a guy that's really annoying and <laughs> like complains a lot, et cetera. And off the court, like, you know, interviews and whatnot, he seems fine. But I it's guess interesting to too it. because Rondo, in this same quote, said he comes out and says, I spit, and the media sides with that. And it's interesting that the media really does seem to be in Chris Paul's corner. And there's this prevailing kind of idea that he is a stand up kind of dude. But 
the players, the guys who are in the trenches with this guy don't seem to agree with that. And it's, you're going to go on to talk a little bit about this, what other NBA players have said, but I don't see anybody jumping to Chris Paul's defense. I think that speaks volumes. Oh yeah. I mean, it tells you that this guy's just like a pest. <laughs> He's, he, he acts the same way he plays just like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, then. Tell us how you really feel. That's it. That's how I feel. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting how we just all of a sudden are now the media switching from, oh, Rondo spat on him to, oh, Chris Paul is actually, is he actually a bad guy or not? <laughs> Based on what people have been saying about him. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, just, yeah. It's, I, it's so weird that like, because throughout the game, you're watching the game. Rondo and CP, they never get in any like verbal altercations or shoving matches or anything like that. This just kind of happened out of nowhere in this whole Brandon Ingram thing. You got to wonder if there's a history maybe between these two guys. I think there is. I think I saw something about them being in uh, like shoving matches before in the playoffs and stuff. But Hmm. to continue this story, uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis chimed in on Instagram. I think it might have been on Bleacher Report's account, account when they quoted the, the Rondo quote saying, like, he's not, he's a horrible teammate, et cetera. Um, he commented and said, I played with both of them. CP3 is a very bad teammate. Just straight up. Just like, yeah. Straight this, up. This guy sucks. <laughs> and so that just makes you go, okay, that's one, you know, take on it. He's a bad teammate. He played with both of them. He's probably the best to, like, say that because he's played with both guys. He can compare and contrast. You want to wonder about the environment he caught both of them in because he caught Rondo on that Celtics team when they won a title. And I think he was a part of those Clippers years with with Paul where it sounds like that whole team chemistry was kind of off. So you might want to take that valuation of Chris Paul with a little less weight. But it is interesting, though. Both teams had the same coach. So. <laughs> So there's a controlled variable there. That is very interesting. That stayed the same. So maybe it's just, maybe it's a coach thing. Maybe he doesn't get along with the coach. Who knows? But anyways, he wasn't the only one that chimed in. I just saw this one, like, as I was trying to find this story online. Ow, my ears. Kenyon Martin. (laughs) Kenyon Martin said, a longer quote than big baby Davis. He said, people think Paul is a politician. People don't trust politicians. He does things within the locker room that some teammates, some of his teammates question dealing with management and coaches. People deem it as sneaky. They think he has a hidden agenda that doesn't include the other 14 guys. Like now that is on some other shit. Like he's actually like thinking about this in a political way and comparing it to politicians. No, no pun on the politicians. <laughs> huh? No, no pun intended. Sorry. Yeah, I understood. But what do you what do you think about this Kenyon Martin thing? Like the hidden agenda? Like that's deep. Oh God. Um, I don't think it it speaks well to Chris Paul, of course, and I think it kind of gets at what we were saying, where the media have this really good perception of him, but the people who are actually around him don't, that feels like a politician to me, right? Mm -hmm. He knows that his image is important and he's really playing to that. I also think it's interesting that he's the Players Association Association president. Mm -hmm. Politics right there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, you 
that kind of makes you wonder just in regards to his personality and and actually his his own inclinations to act in, in a way that might be subversive or I don't know. I'm curious what that hidden agenda is. Just his own brand, you know? Or is it something more? Or maybe it's nothing and it's just the way that he behaves that people are suspicious of. Mm-hmm. Either way, that doesn't really sound like a guy I want in my locker room. <laughs> no, not particularly. <laughs> no matter how good he is. It's interesting, too, because you wonder if, I mean, Chris Paul, I don't want to speak on him, the human being, because I don't know him. Um, I don't know anything about him, but you wonder, is this just him, the teammate, or is this him, the person? And if it, you know... Being from a teammate standpoint, how has this affected the Rockets locker room? I feel like we really haven't seen getting out about the Rockets having any kind of hard times with each other or anything like that. So it's true. It's interesting that nothing's been said about that. Uh, like not obviously not directly from the players, but from like reports or anything like that. So maybe after his time is done with the Rockets. Some reports will come out saying like James Harden thinks that he's just a jerk or something, you know, or <laughs> you wonder maybe everybody if this, off surprise. You wonder maybe even if this either catalyzes those kind of reports, if people start to talk or uh-huh. if maybe this even leads to problems where there may not have been. Yeah. Because it's pretty easy to start thinking or feeling away about somebody because of what other people who have been in your shoes have to say. I feel like now everybody kind of knowing this or they're going to be looking for more stories about him being a bad teammate and stuff. Yeah, they so definitely could, will. There could be more interviews and there could be more reporters snooping around in locker rooms trying to figure out some some dirt on Chris Paul. And I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you love this. I'm just interested to see how this develops. I just I just think it's funny because I've always kind of said this and people are like hit or miss. They've been like, yeah, I could see that. Like him being kind of like an annoying pest and others being like, well, I mean, he's just passionate about the game or whatever, you know? And so I think it's kind of funny now it's coming out. I'm like, oh, you know, I was kind of right. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine though that he doesn't get elected president of the Players Association just because. Yeah, but same with politicians. Like you don't have to like the guy. They could just be good at what they do, you know? I have no retort. Okay. Well, you go ahead and talk about the more Houston news. I feel like I need a break from talking after reading all those quotes. All right. You got it. Um, Other news for Houston. Uh, Reports say that Houston has offered a new deal to the Timberwolves that includes four first-round draft picks in exchange for Jimmy Butler. And that's just including. It's like the report doesn't say what else is offered with there could be some players offered up offered up with that as well. I'm hard pressed to believe that there's a lot more included in the trade Four first round draft picks is pretty steep. Uh, that's kind of a, something that makes your eyes pop when you see that, you know, four first round draft picks, but uh-huh. what comes to my mind is, are these Houston's own first round picks or are these picks that Houston has traded for? Because that's going to make a big difference as to where these picks fall in the draft. I think either way, though, like 
first round picks are first round picks, you know? They are, but am I getting four lottery picks or am I getting four number 28s like I'm, I might get if they're Houston's? That's, that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm going to trade away Jimmy Butler, so he has two more seasons under his contract, and we can talk all about what impact he may be having on your team, but this is an outstanding top 15 guy, one of the best two-way players in the league, that you have under contract for two more years to, to work with. So are you willing to exchange that for four picks that might be late first-round guys that, in all seriousness, could turn out to not be much? Or are you going to get some first-round picks that are first 15, almost surefire bets to be good NBA players? Right, 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 right. So, I mean, so T-Max said he thinks Carl Anthony Towns has lost confidence playing with Jimmy Butler. Well, I noticed something the other night. Carl Anthony Towns hit a th- or shot a three. I don't know what the score was because the high, the little the video on Twitter like didn't uh-huh. get the score in there. And he airballed but it. He airballed it, and he just immediately asked to be subbed out and looked just like. Like, and then they even the announcer said, like, he doesn't even want to play tonight. And like, he like just walked over the bench and sat down. Yeah. So there's that. And he, he has a game so far this year that was eight and nine and another that I think was 14, six stat wise. Mm-hmm. And it just, he seems off his rocker. So if in Minnesota, you're committed to cat being your franchise guy, which up to now they have been, then this is probably a good move. But I think there are a lot of factors at play here that you have to ask four first round picks. You see that in your eyes kind of pop. Whoa, that's huge. But from Minnesota's side, I think you have to weigh in what kind of picks you're getting and the effect that Butler's having on your team and see if this is worth it. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, you might even be thinking keeping Butler and get rid of Carl Thieves. I mean, in all honesty, yeah, because at least Butler has shown me for sure he wants to win. And I'm not so convinced that Cat's willing to work for that. No, I mean, he's and he's just been playing awful. Yeah, but at the same time, if you are convinced that he's playing awful because of Jimmy Butler, you have to, you have to say, is, it, is he soft and we need to get rid of him, or do we want to get rid of Butler so this guy can get back to himself? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, too, because they did spend $190 million on Carlton Towns. Uh-huh, yeah, so there's that vested interest in him as a so player it's like do we just get, give that up we believed him in him at one point maybe he's just in a slump or something so there's a lot of perception here as to what do what does the gm what do the people on the inside for minnesota think is going on mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we did talk about last week that houston was going to try to make a move just based on the pieces they had and how their team was looking and this is this is big. Yeah, I mean, if they got Jimmy Butler, it would be a game changer for them. Absolutely. So, and like you already mentioned, there's no for sure that the picks are it. There could be more to this deal. Fun little tidbit here: uh, four first round picks is the max of how many first round picks you can offer in a deal. Wow. See there, this is all in, this is all chips on the table. It sounds like. Mm -hmm. So be looking to see what happens here in the coming days. I think if you're Minnesota, you have to at least seriously consider this offer. So if not like counter three and like a player or something, you know, 
there will be a discussion had for sure. Yeah. I agree. So there's no way you just like ignore. Oh, they offered four idiots. Decline. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you at least think about it, or some counters you can come back with. But yeah, that's that just came out today. So right before the pod started. So thanks for Woj for breaking that news. Per Woj, year. always the dude. Uh, yeah. Anyways. That's kind of been like the drama for the beginning of the week so far, all that. Uh, we can get back into a little bit more of uh, some scoring news. Stats, some concrete stats. stuff. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. And a guy on the Nets that I just didn't really see being the guy because they have D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, I'm just like, all right, this guy's cut. he's set, you know. He's, yeah. he's, he's their scorer. He's their go-to guy, yada, yada. However... There's a there's a man by the name of Karis Levert, <laughs> and he played for Michigan, and he got drafted in 2016, the first round pick, 20th overall. So like a substantially good pick, you know, first round. Um, yeah. So game one against the Pistons, he dropped 27, four and four, and so you're just like okay, that guy had a good first game. Like, shout out Karis LeVert. It wasn't really on my radar until game two popped up. <laughs> so game two, he dropped 28, 6, and 5 versus the Knicks. That's a day. And it included the game-winning jump shot against the Knicks at the buzzer. <laughs> okay. So Karis is in the building. <laughs> His next two games weren't as impressive, but they're still fairly good especially the third one, 19, four and three against the Pacers. So that game, you're like, all right, he slept a little bit, but I mean, it's still, a, you know, good minutes that you're getting from him. Uh, game four, though, the other night against the Cavs, I think it was last night or two nights ago, uh, 10.6 boards, four assists. That isn't good, but he did shoot eight for nine from the field. So maybe that's just not getting him the ball enough. But yeah, so what, I, what I've taken from this so far is that he's this, dude's the real deal so far he's averaging 21 points and he's shooting 60 percent from the field with 33 percent from deep so this may be like the most improved dark horse if he keeps this up all season like if that's a big if based on a four game sample size but yeah i mean he's not gonna shoot 60 percent all season but i mean jesus that's a good start <laughs> i agree yeah so definitely a guy to keep watching and this nets team i think has a couple guys who have been stepping up. Uh, I'm going to shout him out just because for Nathan and I, he's about as close to a, a hometown boy as we have in the NBA. Uh, Joe Harris, also on the Nets, has been playing pretty well. He has. He's had 19 and 16, and his two other games have been in double figures also. Mm-hmm. So He's splashing the threes, too. He definitely is. Go, Joe Harris. So, Nets, maybe make the finals this year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they got some scores though. So they do. That's a start. Yeah, start somewhere. And that's a good place to start. More NBA news. Zach Levine has come out, came out of the gates just on fire. Uh, so the first four games, he's had four straight games of 30 or more points. So casual. Like, that, that, that's something like he's not known for usually. He's not known to drop 30 a night. He's known for, you know, low 20s to high teens and some sick dunks. Exactly. Jumping <laughs> out of the gym. 
but he's had some sick dunks also while dropping 30 on people's heads. So <laughs> um, I think for the Bulls, it'll be interesting because Lowry Markkinen hasn't played a game at all yet. I think he's supposed to be back in like November sometime. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up with, you know, the dynamic duo of Lowry and, and Levine. If he's, anything, though, it should help him. He's going to need to keep that up for them to have any chance at being a legitimate team. <laughs> this is, this is very, a fair point. I think, uh, like you said, he's not really known for scoring, but without marketing, he kind of has to be the scorer for them. Yeah. So we'll see if he can sustain that. It is kind of sad, though, that he's dropped 30 every game and they've only won one of those four. So. Well, like you said, they have another guy that they need. Yeah. That includes the – oh, they, they lost – okay, so they lost by two to the Pistons and six to the Mavericks. So close games. They got blown out by the Sixers, but as expected. Okay. As expected, harsh. <laughs> but speaking of the Sixers, you uh, noticed something interesting these last couple nights. Well, outside of the Sixers' general inability to play defense, they're getting absolutely torched by big guys who can score. Um, and they're letting them score and do everything else in far too large of quantities. So two games ago... The Sixers gave up 50, 14, and 6, including a game winner to Blake Griffin in a pretty fun-to-watch overtime game. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin, I mean, most teams would have had trouble with him in that game. He was, like, pull, hitting pull-up threes off, off the dribble. <laughs> and he was playing great, but who else on the Pistons is going to go out and beat you, right? I guess. That's fair. Nobody. And... When the, he made this game winner, granted it was a pretty nice move and he had a layup and it was an and one. No, it, was just, a good, it was a good play call. Somebody's just got to step up and guard him, though. I don't know who it is, but I don't care if you have to send an extra defender. Nobody, make someone else on the Pistons beat you. It was actually interesting, that game winner, that play was drawn up by Dwayne Casey. They showed, a, uh, I saw a highlight that, that put the video next to a video from his days at, uh, with the Raptors and DeMar DeRozan did the same play and scored and won the game. Interesting. <laughs> it was the same exact play. So I guess that's a, that's a, you know, a play that the NBA should be on the lookout for when they're playing the Pistons. Yeah. But so Continue. they, give, they give up this big game to, to Blake Griffin and then they turn around the next night and they allow Giannis Antetokounmpo to have 32, 18, and 10 as they lose by 15 to the Bucks. So I'm not, Giannis is a he is a once in a lifetime kind of guy. He's looking like as he develops, and he's absolutely incredible. But this is the second game in a row where nobody steps up to guard the guy who beats you. Can I backtrack real quick? Yeah, please. Uh, the Pistons are playing the Cavs right now with 20 seconds left. They're up seven, so the Pistons are going to win. But Blake Griffin has 26 and 10, and Andre Drummond has 26 and 22. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dude is a 2020 machine. Oh, he's a monster. So I guess that's someone we might have forgotten. That's who they, else they have is the other big man that grabs 20 rebounds a game. Well, no, and, and I, I said that, though, with Andre Drummond also in mind, but please give him the ball late in a game to beat you, right? Well, yeah, please yeah, yeah. let him have it. That's not, that's not his role on that team. And when I say that, who else is going to beat you? It's who else is going to take the ball up the floor 
and make plays. And shoot threes in your face. <laughs> See, exactly. Um, I, I feel you. So I guess my question then, and something I'd like to hear from you about also is, is this inability to guard going to be the Sixers undoing? Because in these last four games, they've given up large amounts of points just about every night. I think it's less their inability to guard and more of like a chemistry issue because they have guys that have been hurt last season and they're trying to work them in. Okay. And so they're trying to figure out their identity a little bit on defense. Offensively, they're fine. You know, most of the guys, of course they have guys playing great offensively. Yeah. They're vets. They're like, they can get their own shots. I think it's just more of talking and trying to understand, figure their out their defensive identity. And I think they'll do that here in the next couple of weeks and they'll be okay. Okay, but who's your stopper? Who is this going to be a matter of they need to just improve as a team defensively, or is this a lack of a guy who can step up? Because I think any great defensive team has the guy. I think down low for the big man, Embiid is usually very active down low, getting blocks and you know forcing guys to take tough shots. I don't know if it's been a you know him being a little lazy or if it's him needing a little more help from some other guys and that he just hasn't been getting it. But, you know, it could be also that maybe Dario Saric needs to play a little more and have that, that dual big man down low instead of Joel Embiid and then Ben Simmons at the power forward, you know, something like that could be an issue. could be a rotation thing. And you just kind of have to work your way out of it, try different things. And I think they'll figure it out. You know, as much as I like that answer, I think <laughs> – I really think that they don't have anyone who can guard, especially the type of player that I mentioned, these these big men who can play like a point guard. And Simmons needs to be the guy to do it because mm-hmm. he, he is one of those guys. And I feel like, especially like a, a Giannis, if I need to stop late in a game, I think I can use Giannis for that, especially against a guy like LeBron, like like Simmons Simmons I don't trust to flip and play that role I mean I don't trust Simmons to shoot a jump shot so I don't really trust Giannis to do it that much either but (laughs) I I do think in this same way they're gonna really have a hard time with the Celtics because everyone on that team can score yeah that's gonna be a that's probably like gonna be their like their team they have in mind that they're going to try to figure out how to guard, you know, that's going to be the the model. They're going to be like, all right, most teams kind of have the same similar setup, like a smaller center and, you know, their small forward is actually the power forward. So they're not going to maybe worry too much about big guys because they're looking forward to the, the smaller teams, maybe something like that. And they might get lost in that and then get surprised by teams that have large people like the Bucks. <laughs> well, Come the end of the season, which I think the Sixers, with the talent they have, should be looking toward, they have to worry about the Celtics. And if they can beat the Celtics, they probably have Golden State. And Kevin Durant will eat them alive. Yeah. But defense, big. It's actually, you know, it turns out it's important. So weird. Well, this also, like I have written down, Nathan, could be a symptom of a larger trend in the NBA that I think you wanted to talk about. As far as scoring, yes, this could be a contributing factor to what I'm about to say. About to say, (laughs) 
words, dude. They're hard. They are sometimes. So the NBA scoring-wise is way up from last year. And I originally noticed this the first couple of nights of games. I was like, wow, there was a lot of games in like the 130s. And so I, there was actually an article that came out on USA Today. Today. That was confusing. But <laughs> it did. Uh, teams have scored 130 points in, a, in you know, at least – one team has scored 130 points in a game 15 times already, so 15 different games. Last wow. last year, they did this a total of 64 times. So as of now, they're on pace to reach the 64-time mark by November. <laughs> and By so, November? By November. Ew. So I don't know. Like, to me, when I'm watching, I don't notice that big of a difference in defense. I'd, it might just be three-point shooting. It it's might, pace, man. It's pace. Hold on. It might be uh, player, you know, players getting better or be, having better players overall in the league, a better product, because there's a lot of guys like Steph Curry last night who had three guys in his face, and he was still swishing threes from half court. Like it just Playing did, good defense yeah. is outright harder due to the caliber of offense. Right. I agree with and that. And even if you're playing excellent defense, there's no guarantee that the guy's going to miss the shot. He'll probably just splash it in your face, and you'll make a low light on SportsCenter. Great offense always beats great defense. That's just how – that's just – that's it. Yeah, so – and then another thing that I was thinking of is maybe it was due to the, the new shot clock rules where, you know, they, you get offensive rebound. You only have 14 seconds to shoot the ball. So there's less time for you to turn the ball over and or do some kind of ill-advised shot. And you're, you're in more of an attack mode rather than just kick it out and reset. So to me, that could be a factor, too, that got, yeah. guys are getting more aggressive on the offensive glass and they aren't necessarily kicking it out for threes as much because they have less time. So they're just putting it right back up or they're, you know, uh, kicking it out for a guy to drive rather than shoot a three, something like that. That was kind of my thinking. But like you were saying, you know, defense and pace are play a lot into it. So uh, there's a pace section here in the article that says, um, the the pace is, I guess, the definition of pace is the number of possessions per team per forty eight minutes. So, yeah, the number of possessions each team gets per forty eight minutes. Uh, the pace this season is one hundred three point two, and last season as a whole it was ninety eight point five. Oh, wow! And to compare that to the present the season before it was it only went up one it was 97.4 the previous season so for it to jump almost six points is pretty crazy so that's a, a total of six possessions more per team per game yeah or per 48 minutes right that's huge six possessions yeah so teams are taking shots quicker and they're obviously making them more because they're scoring more i mean yeah yeah you think about just the transition game and the number of free throws some guys take. Yeah, but they did highlight the talent in this article saying uh, the league is loaded with gifted scores from Curry, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Westbrook, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, to James Harden, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, J.J. Redick, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, and they go on and on. To, oh, of course. To Kevin, Kawhi. Like, each team has their scores. So that's kind of what we're saying, like, you, you, there is no 
you know, hand down, man down anymore. Your hand could be up and your man could still be down. Like it doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, and then this is something that I, we kind of just talked about when you look at the number of big guys who can, who can handle the ball and can score. Think about a rebound and coast to coast kind of player. Those guys have just gone up exponentially in recent years where you have guys who are getting 15 boards and they can get those boards and run the ball. Mm -hmm. Simmons, Giannis, Blake Griffin is turning into that kind of player. LeBron, Kevin Durant. He's not a big guy, but Russell Westbrook boards takes you to the other end in seconds. I mean, even and even so, guys that are not less noticeable, like Aaron Gordon, like he's been working on that, and he's like I, I think I mentioned it last podcast that like he's improved a lot and he's actually hitting threes and stuff. So like, yeah, there's guys out there that are working on it and are going to become that in like a year or two or m- maybe this season. <laughs> yeah, or you think about the style of team when you have teams that are small like the Celtics. Mm-hmm. You have four guys on the floor who, if they get the rebound, they're pushing pace. They're going to kick out and run. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the scoring is just, it has to go up just with the style of play. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, by November they reach that mark, but it's a pretty crazy stat to look at. Yeah. That's interesting numbers. Mm -hmm. And you wonder how, what's the ceiling, right? There has to be one. A team that hits 200 points. (laughs) (laughs) I just mean as far as if we've upped the number of possessions per team by six in the course of a game. How, I mean, how much more, how much faster could it get? Yeah. Yeah. It already feels so fast mm-hmm. that you just really wonder it, it it's going to have to I think, stop. I at think some the point ceiling is when big men are obsolete and it's just guys like Giannis that are playing center. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Because <laughs> the you know the big man has kind of been worked out a little bit, so there's no traditional shacks anymore. They all got to be Anthony Davis, you know, DeAndre Ayton, Dirk, you know, guys that can shoot the three ball. <laughs> yeah, it's just an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. And so now this is the time where we hit up the hip hoop segment however hey. i do want to add a quick ncaa note just because this isn't really long enough to add for next week so i'm just gonna say it real quick uh the big ncaa scandal about the whole paying the players thing yada yada there was a verdict on three of the main people involved james gatto and merrill code who were work with adidas and then christian dawkins who was a sports agent um all three of them were found guilty for paying you know the players and bribing them to co- go to the certain schools and whatnot and then uh what was interesting about this was the universities were found to be the victims of this whole scandal so, so it was saying that you know none of the universities had any knowledge that this was going on stuff like that so there's been no news on the coaches that were involved yet i don't know if that means that they're just off scotch free now <laughs> probably not but uh keep you updated so that's a little NCA update. Kick it to a hot for hip hoop. Cool. All right, your time. Time to shine. I was I was pausing before I got started. Um, <laughs> so this week for hip hoop, I thought a lot about ideas, and I I have a lot. I'm just gonna preface with be looking forward to the next edition of hip hoop because it's gonna be we're switching it up. It's gonna be crazy. But this week I have an artist who I just discovered. 
uh, and who I am a big fan of. This is a man by the name of Reason, all caps. Um, this is from his album that came out this year titled There You Have It. This was also a mixtape he released last year, uh, but was re-released as his debut album after being signed to TDE, Top Dog Entertainment. Um, artists you may know from Top Dog include Kendrick Lamar, J-Rock, Absol, Schoolboy Q, who together make up Black Hippie, uh, as well as Isaiah Rashad, SZA. Um, and, where, and this track is called, well, go ahead. Where'd you find this reason guy at? You know, I actually got hit up by one of my friends on Instagram and they said, yo, you got to check this out. Uh, that's probably because I absolutely spam my Instagram story with music that I like. I wouldn't call it spam, but yeah, you don't, you don't post too often, but you do post some suggestions. So, you know, follow us on Instagram, especially if you're a music lover. Follow If you like hip hoop, you'll like my Instagram account. Yeah. Follow a hop. Not me. I don't post too much about music. <laughs> But Nathan posts lots of reminders for you to listen to the pod, so check it out. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, so this track is titled Drive Slow, Taste Like Heaven. Uh, it's one of those tracks that the beat changes in the middle of it. This is featuring also uh, Zion Bell. Um, to anyone who recognizes this name, yes, this is a sample or more honestly kind of a straight-up remix of Kanye's Drive Slow track from Late Registration, which is one of my absolute favorites. You should check that out. And the second half of this beat, Tastes Like Heaven, is the same beat used from a 2017 YBN Corday track. This is when he still went by the name of Entendre. Track's titled All That Glitters. Now, I don't know the origin of this beat. I don't know if this was produced for Entendre's album and and Reason just caught wind of it or what, but that's also a pretty hot beat. That, um, that beat gets around, damn. <laughs> I suppose so. Um, check out that Entendre track, though, too. Um, so this There You Have It from Reason is one of my favorite drops of the year. I think it's one of the best drops of the year. Uh, there's some samples, like this one from Ye. He samples Cole. There's a really old-school Gambino sample from a track called You Don't Have to Call which is so freaking sick. Uh, and he also hits just so many hoop references. It's honestly more than I could keep track of, which is part of why it was so hard to pick this week's segment. I wanted to highlight reason, but he's just got so many cool hoop bars. Uh, this is true. I heard a few. There you go. Even Nate, listen, you know, it's hot. So, <laughs> wow. So you think of me, even Nate. Okay. <laughs> You probably listen to a wider variety of artists than I do, if I'm honest. So that was a, that was a bad comment. Anyways, but here is <laughs> here is a segment from Drive Slow. This is from the latter half of the track. So technically, this is from Taste Like Heaven. Best out shit, you could bet that. Uh, meal hunting, coming after meals like wet naps. Work too hard to be set back from rookie Kobe airballing to becoming nicer than Paul Pierce with a step back. So limits, we gon' test that. Uh, they gotta know we were sitting here to be king. The beat really drops out of this part, so you don't get a great feel for that. But that said... <laughs> Still a good line. This, this is bars. Yeah, so we'll break that down. Uh, he says... Mill hunting coming after meals like wet naps were too hard to be set back. Uh, so that's some wordplay on the million mill versus meal. Uh, that's pretty straightforward. Wet napkins, wet naps. Think moist towelette. You ever had ribs? I have moist had ribs. Towelette. Thanks. There you go. Wet napkins. 
Uh, and then to the hoop part, he says, from rookie Kobe airballing to becoming nicer than Paul Pierce with a step back. <laughs> so this rookie Kobe airballing, this is a reference to the infamous four airball game that Kobe played against the Jazz in the 97 NBA playoffs. Yikes. So this was 18-year-old Kobe Bryant, game five, his Lakers were down 3-1 in the series, which he had not played very well in. So here's a quick chronicling of this event. Tied at 89, 10 seconds left in regulation. Kobe drives right, pulls up, 18-footer, airballs it. Come overtime, close game, late in the shot clock, three-point attempt, hits the net, as in only the net, and it's an airball. (laughs) 40 seconds left in overtime. Kobe pulls up for the three, airball. And finally, down three points with six seconds left in OT. He gets a pass, catches it on the left wing. A good look, to be fair, pretty deep. But he takes it, air ball, Lakers lose. That's it. Kobe ended the night 5 for 15, airballed his last four shots. Just bad. So Kobe later said that this moment shaped him, said it was an early turning point in his career. And he says now that he looks back at it with fond memories because Kobe. Um, and then the latter half of this bar looking nicer than Paul Pierce with a step back. The truth is kind of known for having that killer step back, Jay. Old um, man Paul jams. Pierce, old man jams. Paul Pierce said about it, it's my game winner, the in and out step back going right for the win. They've definitely seen that in Madison Square Garden. They've seen it in the Staples Center. They've seen it in Chicago. They've also so seen it off the glass. that's harsh but that's a pretty sick quote from paul pierce um he's made a lot of game winners with this shot and i mean some people have said it's kind of an unstoppable look as long as pierce is in the zone um speaking of the zone al horford just hit three back-to-back threes oh wow okay back to back to back sorry back to back to back to back okay this is an Uh, interesting game you gotta turn it on what is it thunder celtics Russell Westbrook's back. Back to hip hoop. Um, this is pretty straightforward, but Paul this George is just, just airballed a three right after you're talking about Kobe. Uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> he knew. He felt it. He, he listens to the pod. His shoes are modeled after Kobe's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure they are. But this is just reason saying his come up in the rap game was tough. Four airballs from Kobe and one and, from Paul George. <laughs> and now he's he's nicer with. Then Paul Pierce with a step back. So this is reason. There you have it. Like I said, this album's sick. Um, if you like old school Kanye, if you like old school J. Cole, this is really reminiscent of some old school Cole stuff. Check it out. Album's dope. And that's what we got for Hip Hoop this week. Nice. Good episode of Hip Hoop. I liked it. Thank uh, you. Yeah. So now we're going to hit you with the shits. Uh, a very wow, a very okay. interesting from all we know this week. Uh, one that's kind of tailored to what's been going on. So, from all we know, you ready for it? Dramatic pause. I'm ready for it. I don't think they're ready for it though. <laughs> if the Jimmy Butler trade goes through and Houston does not lose any significant players, a hop, they will dethrone the Dubs in the West and win the title this year. And it's facts. You, you you lead us in discussion. 
it's facts. That's all you got to say. <laughs> I, I think I got to think before I speak. All right, I don't all right. like I'll, just... I'll try going first. Then. How about no, that? I got it. Oh. I, I got it. I had my time to collect myself. You just got to let me breathe. So <laughs> here's what I'm thinking with this. You look at Houston. They, they almost did this last year. They almost beat Golden State. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. If Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, they do beat Golden State. It's, it was that simple last year. Mm-hmm. And then you look at this year. They lost a couple really good defenders. And that has hurt them. That's obvious. Mm-hmm. They don't have that same tenacity defensively. They don't have that same power to, to stop teams like they did. But I think... If you add an elite two-way player, the caliber of Jimmy Butler, now you have that guy back. You have the dude who you're going to tag on whoever their best player is, and you're going to count on him to stop that guy. Plus, Jimmy Butler is an outstanding scorer. He can shoot the three. He fits right into Houston's system, and it gives him the opportunity to be that defender while having less of a burden offensively. And mm-hmm. I think that right there is enough. Yeah, he he would be a great fit for this team just based on the nature of, you know, the, the Rockets offense where they just score, score, score. Volatile. So he would be a great counter piece to that. He, obviously, he can score, but they need someone that can defend, defend, defend. So <laughs> he doesn't have to be the guy that goes up and puts 30 up every night. He can be the guy that puts 30 up, you know, once every couple nights or when the other guys aren't shooting well. Yeah. Right? Or he can just put 15 up and have like six steals. You know, <laughs> he could just, he could be that nucleus for the team that the glue that brings them together on both ends of the floor, you know, and he's just another threat on the floor that you have to be aware of as well so this would be extremely unfair but golden state has five all-stars so i think this would be very fair (laughs) see exactly what i was gonna say was that you're kind of approaching that golden state level here in that but that's what you need to beat them (laughs) exactly because with golden state you start the game right and it's the second quarter and you send some of your players to the bench right so steph's sitting down and and Clay Thompson sitting down, but that means Kevin Durant is still on the court, right? So right now in Houston, or substitute if, any other player's name in there. See exactly. <laughs> so with this Houston team now, right now as it stands, if Chris Paul and James Harden are both out, which seldom happens, they're screwed. <laughs> that means that your leader offensively is Melo. Now I think Melo is going to settle into that role, and I think <laughs> he has not so far. <laughs> it's early, right? But. I think he's going to settle into that oh role. Oh, my God. Al Horford just hit another three. I'm sorry. This is insane. I am a lot more worried about Houston if if I now have to imagine their bench team, including Jimmy Butler, right? If that second unit can be led by Melo and Jimmy Butler, or it can be led by Melo and Chris Paul because Jimmy Butler stayed in in the first quarter with Harden, it really changes the dynamic of what they can do. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be enough for them to – legitimately contend with and beat golden state in light of losing the defenders that they did. Yeah. It's kind of a simple math. I think <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know how anybody would argue with us on this cause we're right. I think we just still have to factor in the, a certain dude named boogie. Yeah. 
see where he's at health-wise and whatnot. So That's going to matter a lot for Golden State. But I think regardless of him coming back or not, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I got my money on Houston if they can pull through with this Butler trade. I hope they do, just because I want to see someone else in the finals other than Golden State. Something new and exciting, right? Yeah, the East will have someone new, thanks cause Le- to LeBron leaving. So, see, he knew. He was like, this is getting old. I'm out. <laughs> I'm over it, man. I don't, I don't need my ninth straight year in the finals. I'm good. <laughs> you can never count LeBron out. He might still be there. Right now, it's not looking very good for them. One and three. But uh you never know. That's why they play it's the not, game. That's why they it's play. not about how you start, Nathan. Mm-hmm. It's about how you finish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to finish this podcast. Nice. Thank you. I was thinking Good. about that while you were saying it. <laughs> of course you were. All about the segues. So, yeah, we made it through episode 23. Holy crap. 23 episodes. Shout out, Brown. And not Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week, we're going to be getting that Kobe number. One over Jordan. So This is true. And then Song, we'll hit, and you then, know, you know what that's from. And then we'll hit uh, twenty-five. That dive number. Hey, I take it you don't know what that's from, then. No, sorry. Oh, it's from Swagger Like Us. Mm. All right, Kanye, trying to uh, Try get that Kobe number right. one over Jordan. It's pretty dope. Sounds dope. Maybe uh, be looking forward. Hit. Be looking forward to episode twenty-five. Hip hoop. You're gonna hear. Get this. This is gonna be groundbreaking. You're gonna hear from Nathan. Me. In a hip hoop segment. That's me. Hi. Nate will be talking integral. Horribly. It's going to be horribly huge. about music, but he, I'm going to nah. try my best. He knows more than he leads on. Yeah, but Don't I, let I also fool you. have some pretty hot takes on my music I like, and they're, most people disagree with them. So <laughs> you're going to get some contrast. It's going to be cool. So I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. People are going to hate you. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm talking about them, not you. Oh, okay, cool. You don't get to have feelings in the podcast. Yeah. Nah, no feelings in the club. Kiki, do you love me? All right. End of this podcast. Let's ramble. Uh, anyways. And we already are. I know. Okay. I wasn't going to say let's ramble. I don't know why I did. Um, so, yeah. Check out the description for the kicks of the week. Uh, review the pod. Subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. It's in the description as well. Um, when you when you start to ask people to do things, why do you end it in subscribe, <laughs> like, pause? Because, because just, it's my it's my please voice because no one actually it's, does it. It's like a really bad sales pitch. You're like not sure. <laughs> no, subscribe. I, I know. I don't like. I'm, I'm trying everything I can to get people to actually do it because no one actually does it. So that's okay. Put you all on blast for not doing. We it. We said it before, man. If if someone's listening and. They're enjoying themselves. That's all I need. That's a win in my book. Yeah, I can't believe we have as many listeners as we do. Four now. It's moved, <laughs> up. It's uh, moved up. It's you guys. I'm gonna tell you straight. He lies when he says these really whack oh one listener things. You're gonna have them believe in us, and they're gonna be like, "Damn, I'm the only person <laughs> listening to this," and they're gonna stop. Or, the, or they're gonna that? think they're like the number one fan, and then we'll get more people. That that logic's horrible. But. In any event, I think that if we hit a certain number of average listeners, maybe I'll actually tell you guys how many listeners we have on average. Whoa, crazy stuff. So tell your friends. (laughs) I bet they don't care, but yeah, tell your friends anyway. Yeah, listen to us because we're funny and stuff. 
if, and we if have, this we is your good first insight. time listening, if this is your first time listening and you hate us, still tell your friends because any promo, any promo is good. Or just go listen to other episodes and see if you like us and those. Just not the last one because I sound like poop. I'm just going to reiterate that. Okay. Um, so thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week for episode 24 and more updates on the NBA season and all the drama that it holds because the NBA is more dramatic than high school. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's Me what either. we got. So, uh, yeah. Catch y'all next week. See ya. Adios and happy Halloween. Man, I'm 75 and still alive Like damn, it went fast I know somewhere up above my father's having a laugh Every lesson that he told me adding up like it's math And every time I'm looking dumb cause I ain't listening to the man And now I'm thinking, man, where my legacy at? As I'm staring at the child of my child on my lap And it hits me all at once, man, this is where it at I said, son, go get that ball and let me show you who you are I said, this is my legacy, I leave it for you And it's something that's a part of me, now a part of you too And it's more than just a game, and it's more than just a sport If that ever truly is a sign of God, it's a proof It'll teach you how to work, how to love, how to lose All the dedication needed to be the man that you choose I'm leaving it for you so you can be the better man I handed in the rock like I put the world in his hands And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah And now he's dribbling, yeah He put some shots up and he's dribbling